Welcome everyone to Pastor Rob's podcast today. We have another great show lined up for you today. Uh, our evangelist Shamgar Deathridge is uh, right here with me right now. This will be our last podcast together, at least for now. I'm sure we're going to have plenty more in the future. Uh, but he's sitting here right next to me, and we're going to talk about last night's service. And uh, before we get into that, um, you know, I, I just want to make a comment. What a what a great revival we've had with our evangelist. And uh, this is a plug out there for any pastor who's listening to the podcast. And I don't know who you are, but listen, you got to have this young man in your church. He will he will revolutionize your church. He will um, bring uh, an anointing uh, to impact your church. I, I'm telling you, you, you need to have brother and sister Deathridge. And, you know, we haven't talked too much this week about sister Deathridge, uh, Jessa, uh, but wow, she's quite a musician, brother. Yes, Singer. She is. Yeah. She's so does, great. Does she lullaby you to sleep at night, brother? <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely have her sing to me before I went to sleep. <laughs> anyway, she's, she's, she has her own giftings and talents. Um, you know, what's the name of that song, brother? The the new one she sang the other night about Jesus. I, I, I can't oh, remember. Let me tell you about my yeah, Jesus. Yeah, let me tell you about my Jesus. I, I thought it was the original artist singing. It was so impressive, brother. Yeah. She's so anointed. She is. You are blessed, brother. Yes. Uh, wow, she's very gifted on the piano. I I love playing guitar with her, brother. She's she's really good. So we can't, you know, um, you know, refrain from at least mentioning to the folks, you know, how incredible your your wife is too in her ministry and her place and calling. She's a big blessing. I appreciate her for yeah. sure. Thank yeah. the Lord for it. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. So the revival's been uh, great. I. I'm one of these guys, I guess they can call me old-fashioned. Um, I mean, they call your dad old-fashioned, so they might as well call me old-fashioned because we are brothers, according yeah. to him, <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, I'm old-fashioned in, in, in the respect that I still believe in revivals. I believe they're extremely important for the church. Yeah. I believe they're a test of faith for the pastor. You know, because, you know, for me to have revival, it's, it's, it's a test of faith. Where sure. the people are going to come out whether the finances are going to come in to finance it. But I, brother, listen, I've never had a revival that God didn't finance. Praise the Lord. I, you know, I'm grateful for that. And because we want to take care of our evangelists. I understand the pressures of a pastor and to have an evangelist and what it's going to cost. But we have three to four revivals every year. They're that important to me as a pastor. So, um, yeah, there's cost to consider there's sacrifice uh, to consider but but god's never failed us he's never let us down in that so um well let's just talk about the revival a little bit this week uh brother shamgar what are your initial thoughts on the services this week before you get in get started you know and, and let's think about this question um you know i felt as pastor that um the response of our people were absolutely tremendous. Altars, the way they responded to your ministry, your shouting, or their shouting while you were preaching. And uh, that was just amazing. 
I think our people fell in love with you. I got that from, you know, I mean, here you have this young couple. I don't, I don't mean this in no offense, brother. I hope you don't take it that way. It's to me, it's refreshing to see someone your age come in on fire. Like you are brother. We just, you just don't see that very often. Sure. And I got a lot of comments, positive comments about that aspect of your ministry. And, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, you got, you have an incredible message and your preaching was, uh, very refreshing brother Shamgar. You run, you know, you can take this for what it's worth. You remind me so much of your dad, you know, and that, that's a, that's a really, really great compliment. I appreciate I that. I think the world of your dad. I know. He is a godly man and I'm so blessed to have, have been able to be a part of your family. Although, you know, you, you know, you don't really know me all that well because I've only come in and out when you were just a baby and, and when you were a little kid, you know. But um, your dad and mom are, are man, I, I just esteem, esteem them highly. They're, they're way up there in my book, you know. And, and to have you here come in our church is just, it's been refreshing, brother. It's been absolutely wonderful for us, me and Robbie. Uh, you know, I close my eyes when you're preaching sometimes. I just, I hear your dad, brother. It's just, <laughs> it's, you know, and that's a really good compliment. I always felt that John Deathridge, Brother Deathridge was, um, was probably one of the premier preachers when, you know, when I was a lot younger. We always felt that about him. And, of course, I don't have to tell you that. You already know about your dad's ministry and his preaching, his pastorate. He's an absolutely incredible pastor. But I, I know we didn't come here to talk about your dad, but I just got going on that. So, actually, I want him to listen to one of the podcasts. So, this is the one you want him to listen to, okay? <laughs> All right. All right. You, you better make sure he listens to one of the podcasts because right. I think they're outstanding. So, uh, what's your initial response about this week, brother? How do you feel leaving, you know? Man, we've just – you got a great church here and – you, your your church made it easy preaching, and even even when you kind of when you had to get on kind of some harder things, is you know they they still made it easier. But the my biggest you know deal was is every time we give the altar call, people would come down yeah. and seek the Lord, and there was and several nights you know I mean the altars were just full, yeah, and people down there weeping or you know or yeah. seeking the Lord, and you know and. I love to preach, and I love feeling the anointing. But if people don't come down to the altars and and seek God and get a hold of God, it you know not that necessarily what I did was a waste, but sometimes it feels like that, you know. But when people come down and just seek God like they did this week, it's it's refreshing and it, it helps you and encourages you. But and then you see people getting closer to God, you know, and that was people are hungry, man, just and people are I mean, even while I was preaching there's people, I mean, shouting, oh, praising the standing Lord. Up. Yeah, God was God was moving and I mean that's 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 why we have revival. Yeah, and I, I see I've seen the impact as pastor and I'll be honest with you, there there's been times I couldn't wait till revival was over with some evangelists. Um uh, and then you have evangelist you wish would never leave you yeah. know and you, you're sad to see him go and of course you're one of those you and jessa and 
and we know you have to move on. We know you got to go to the next place and and inspire another church, you know. And and so we're we're proud of that. Um, proud to have had you here with us. Really, it's been a joy. It's been and, great being yeah, here. Yeah, it's, great it's, being it's, here. We've enjoyed it ourselves. Yeah, yeah it's it's been a joy. And uh, so let's talk about the service last night. And every service has been great and special and unique in its own way. Um, and I want to tell you that I really appreciate your courage and your boldness to preach the word like you ha have been doing. Brother Shamgar, you're not embarrassed. You're not ashamed. You get up and you just tell us what God laid on your heart. You know, and I, I want to tell you with young men like you, I, I think that, you know, what, I, what I'm getting from the revival and I may have a different perspective here because I'm pastor, but with you and Jessa ministering this week, I, I'm looking at that there's still hope for the church. You know, seeing a young couple like you come in on fire, you live holy, consecrated lives before God. I know you do. And it's just, it's, you know, to have that boldness and courage that you have is just really kind of refreshing. But it was another timely uh, word that you preached last night. Uh, from God. I know that came from God uh, with your message, and it was powerful. Your title was uh, Samson's Potential, which is just an incredible thought when you just think about that aspect of it. Uh, before I let you comment, you know, I've, I've thought a lot, lot about Samson's life. You know, his life is uh, many times a life of ups and downs and um, in and outs. Um, great joy and at the same time great sadness you know uh life he 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 actually lives a life of disappointment disappointments but in spite of all the disappointments he's probably one of the greatest comeback kids in the entire scripture you know sure and he makes his way back and in the end um he's more than a conqueror yeah and uh of course he's in the book of Hebrews listed as one of the great men of faith and and so we we like stories like that you know because we relate to them right right and I think that's why we like Samson so much because he's so much like us we're up we're down we're in we're out we disappoint the Lord so many sure. times but yet but yet we always manage to fight back and come back yeah, you know, I, I think that's the most important thing I mean, I mean you see that in David's life too right yeah we don't have time to get into David's life but He's a good example. So that brings us to, uh, you know, uh, the first question. And you you brought out, you know, our potential and how that, and that was really, really powerful what you said last night, how that God sees so much more in us than we see in ourselves. You know, that was just, it was really great. And how that God saw that in Samson. But it made me also think about roadblocks, you know, what are some of the roadblocks to our potential uh, that God sees in me, you know, and that God sees in us? What are, what are some of those roadblocks, Brother Shamgar? Well, last night I, I think I dealt with three of them um, kind of specifically. The first one I dealt with was what Samson loved. Is He, he loved, you know, Philistine women and, and the, you know, those things. And I preached on what we love will will hinder or or stop the potential God has for us yep. if we if we love the wrong things and and you know the bible says that 
it, it tells us how to love, and it tells us if we truly love Jesus, what we'll do. Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. Jesus told Peter, he said, you know, if you love me, feed my sheep, you know, do, do my work. And, and then throughout the New Testament, it shows us that if we truly love God, these, these other things will follow. And I think, you know, number one is what we love. Number two is where, where Samson spent all his time is that that his potential was hindered or he didn't have or ruined his potential because where he spent his time you know and i want to spend my time in god's presence i want to spend my time in his house in prayer you know because god has great potential for us but where we spend our time can can rob rob us of that and and then uh, number three I, i talked about what samson put his trust in he constantly laid his head in the lap of Delilah and, you know, constantly put his trust in her and would fall, he fell asleep, you know, several times. He was trusting her. With Bring his- that out what you said last night, brother, how that, you know, when she put the new cords on him and he said that and he still didn't get the clue, you know, put, say it like you did last <laughs> night. That was powerful, brother. <laughs> he's like, he's like got blinders on or something. I can't guess. figure out what's going on. Uh, well, I said something like, you know, if a dog or a horse bites you once, bad horse. But if the horse bites you twice, shame on you, uh-huh. you know. And um, But I just, you know, I thought, Samson, what's what's the deal? In fact, she does it several times. Several times. The, the cords, she weaves his hair. Yeah. And, and then there's, I think there's one other before he actually tells her um, to cut his hair. But you would think is after two or three times, why would you even tell her the truth? I you know. know, but he trusted her. Yeah. And I thought, and I, you know, I don't really remember how I said it exactly last night. That's pretty close. But I, you know, I was, he, but he trusted her. I thought, you know, if we, if we trust God like that, what could God do with us? Yeah. What could we do? You know, I mean, if, if, you know, yeah, there are these things uh, Brother Shamgar that hinder us you named them very effectively and dealt with that issue uh, something else you said last night that really kind of shook me to the core brother was that you you talked about uh, how that God has invested in us and I just love the way you put that so you know I'm thinking about the definition of investment you know what 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 does that mean well, you know, just a common definition of is it of the word investing is when someone places value, right, in something and then they expect a return. That's what an investment is. And I love the way you brought that out, how that God has invested in us, right? So what are the some of the things that God has invested in us? And by the way, God, once he makes that investment in us, right, he's going to expect a return. Sure. And what's that return going to be, you know? That's powerful. So comment on that, Brother Shamgar. You know, I I guess everything that we ever have, God has invested in us. You know, I don't want to say otherwise than that, but I do know that, number one, he invested his own son. Yep. He he sent God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He was invested. He placed value in us. Yes. And he he loved us that much that he would send his son. He 
he invested the the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead. He comes down and and, and it's you know you, you you don't the Holy Ghost is is the third person of the Godhead, but you don't just give anybody anything you know and say the keys to anything or you know <laughs> and say here's my brand new car, you drive it however you want, you know. But but God God gave us the Holy Ghost to empower us to do His work and. Jesus did say he gives us the keys to the kingdom too, you That's know. That's right. But he God's invested time and effort and and I mean you you think about it any time in the middle of the night you need to pray and call on God. He's there. Well, when God gives us his son and that's something of great value. In fact, there's there's not even you can't even put a price tag on that. Right. There's no way you can. It's rich. Right. And even uh, the Bible tells us we have become rich, you know, in Christ. Yes. You know, so, okay, so once God places that value in us, what kind of return is God expecting from that, you know? Right. You know, I mean, I'm thinking, Brother Shamgar, the only thing that really he's concerned about is the world being saved. Amen. So with that investment he places in us, he expects a profit. Right. And that prophet is going to be winning the lost. Right. You know, what do you think about that? I, I agree hundred percent there. You remember there, the, uh, the, the owner, which is the Lord of the, yep. of the vineyard. He yep. comes and has that one plant that won't bear fruit. And the husbandman says, no, let me, give me just a little bit more time before we, we tear it up. And he dug around, he was investing in that yep. one plant. But it was key that it bared fruit. That's and, right. And Scripture tells us that we must bear fruit. So he's he he's he expects profit. Right. God does. Right. I think that's really an, and, and an I, incredible thought. And in Samson, he struggled with the profit side. God had made the investment in him. Right. But then he struggled with the you know the profit right. part. Right. Right. Occasionally he had it. You know. Sure. But, okay. Good. Wow, that's powerful. Okay, we're kind of running out of time, Brother Shamgar, but I still want to deal with this last question. And, and you know, you brought this out last night so effectively, but we, we talked about the initial, you did, talked about the initial worldly influence that is detrimental to the church, like it was detrimental to Samson. How powerful is the world influence in the church today? I mean... You travel a lot. I pastor one church, you know, but I have to tell you, I see it as a pastor and it, and it concerns me greatly that the world has such influence on godly people. I, you know, how powerful is that worldly influence on the church? It, it's, you know, I think it's everywhere in a sense and it, it has, it's got a hold on a lot of people and a lot of churches. And, and, but then in the same sense as there are people in, in many churches everywhere that it has no influence on, right. you know, but I'm afraid that many people, their lives are, they, they dictate what they think, they do, they say, maybe not 100% of their life is dictated by the world, but there's parts of it. You know, I've seen people, and and they have this this one area. It's not the whole their whole life, just this one area that they're letting the world or what they're saying or how things go on dictate. 
you know, how they live. And it, it influences, I've seen it influence families and marriages and things. And, and it's, Well, it influences our communication, absolutely. how we even talk. Sure, sure. And, you know, and it just, I've seen people that they'll disregard the Word of God and let what the world says be more influential than what the Word says. And, you know, it's, that's detrimental to the church because... This world's going to pass away, the Bible says, That's but right. His sure word is. shall remain. Well, I think we've all seen the destruction that's left behind from the world's wake, you know, of its gravitational pull and force sure. on people. We've seen it. I, I could give you example after example. I know this young preacher when I was a kid, this young preacher, wow, brother, he was, he was amazing. And... Um, you know, as a kid, I thought, wow, this, this guy is just amazing. By the time he was in his 30s, and he was probably in his 20s at the time when I first saw, heard him preach, and when he was in his 30s, brother, he was, he was so far from God, it wasn't even funny. He ended up actually committing suicide because hmm. he, was, he was so bound by the world and issues that he was having. I know about those, but I'm not going to talk about that here. But I'm just saying, you know, that that influence is there. Yeah. And we have to guard against it. Absolutely. And the best way we guard against it is being in church as much as possible. Amen. I don't know how some churches survive having one service a week, brother, honestly. I'm not criticizing them. I'm not, I'm just for me. I can't do that, brother. Absolutely. Me uh, either. Of course, you know, you already know what happens here at Clovis. We, we have service every single day. Prayer meeting, we got something going on. Yeah. And um, so it's, um, and I know your dad, <laughs> I don't even know how your dad does what he does, bro, <laughs> honestly, but uh, church, you know, how many times church does he have on Sunday? Three, three times. Three times yeah. on Sunday. That's how many times he's preaching. Yeah. There's, there's people going elsewhere on in the afternoon. Yeah, right. Having... I, I knew that, you know, but I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, and, and of course, look at your dad's church, how successful he is. You know, there's not a lazy bone in your dad's body. You know, he's preaching the gospel. Yeah. God has invested in your father, your dad. He's invested in your dad. And look at the profit your dad is bringing to the Amen. kingdom. You know, Amen. it's a powerful thought, brother. Yes. You know, so you're right. Not all of us are influenced by the world, but... We still have to be aware of its forces. Absolutely. Right? We still have to be on guard against it. I, well, and I, I kind of likened it last night just real quick to, you know, when I was working and crawling underneath the house and covered in mud, is I had to do that job and it was necessary. But as soon as I got done, I had clean clothes and I found somewhere to get cleaned up because <laughs> though I had to be in the mud, I didn't want to stay covered in it. And it's the same with, with the things of this world. And I, I may have to be in this world, but I don't want to be covered by it, controlled by it. or any, I, I'm going to come to church and let the water of the Word wash me again and His presence wash me. But Well, that's a good thought. And I know we're kind of going over time, but, uh, you know, you made me think of something that happened to me last year. I'm a fly fisherman. I, I love to fly fish, brother. I, I, I love to fly fish i can't even describe the feeling and emotions when you when it's you and the trout you know and 
and the trout has the advantage on you. Barbless hooks, no drag. No, I mean, this, this is a challenge to bring in a fish. And um, I, I hooked one, and I was up at Huntington, and I was up on a creek, and I had to be very careful because I was walking on rocks, you know. I hooked a, hooked a trout, and I'm holding the trout, and I'm trying to get to my net at the same time, but I'm kind of on a steep grade. And all of a sudden, brother, I, lo I lost my footing. My foot slipped on a rock. I went in the water, brother. I was, I was completely under, okay? And I came back up. And I, I can't even begin to describe to you how that my breath was completely taken away. And I'm, I'm a really good fish, a really good swimmer. And how that, that cold water just, I mean, you know, I wasn't thinking about the fish on the end of my line. Of course, I, I can tell you I lost the fish, you know, with a barbless hook. You, any kind of slack at all the fish is gone yeah um and i i climbed out of there with such great embarrassment the first thing i did was i looked around to see if anybody saw me you know? <laughs> <laughs> of course nobody did yeah. you know i i couldn't see that anybody saw me sure. fall in and climb out of there but w the point i want to make is i should have been more careful where i was stepping yeah i think when it comes to the world we think that we have it all under control, right? Don't we, Brother Shamgar? Sure. But really, in reality, we need to be careful where we're stepping, Amen. where we're walking. Absolutely. We better keep our eyes open. Yes. We better be on guard. Yes. Would you pray for our church, brother? Pray for us that, uh, you know, the prayer that I'm looking for today is that you will pray that God, that almost the same prayer that Jesus prayed, you know, for his disciples, that, 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 that God would keep us from, you know, this worldly influence, brother, that, that's on us, you know, right now in this present time. Would you pray for us? Lord, we love you and we thank you here this morning. Lord, we come before you asking that you'd come and bless and help Clovis Pentecostal Church of God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you see the love souls you, that are here and you know everyone by name. God, and we ask, Lord, that you'd help them, keep them, Lord, from the influence of the world. Keep them, draw them closer to you. Bless this church and bless those Praise that may God. be listening. In Praise Jesus' God. mighty and wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Brother Shamgar. It's been a joy being with you this week. And thank it's been, you. It's been a I know, privilege I know being it's here. Been, I know it's been kind of a challenge and you're a little bit uncomfortable with the podcast, but I'm, I'm really grateful that you, you buckled down, you sacrificed, because I'm telling you, people are really enjoying it. Thank you so Praise much. And we say God bless you richly wherever you and Sister Jessa go. We're praying that you just... A bountiful harvest of souls comes in the kingdom through your ministry. Well, that's it for today, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next time on Pastor Rob's podcast. You have a great day today.